0: The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2015 Cent Conference. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. I've ever been in in speaking to any group. It has a point. I'm not I'm not like clueless as to the, my appearance and things like that. There was one year where, where our director Ken Curry spoke at a New Year's conference. And I mean, hope he doesn't mind me sharing this story. So he has some long ear hair. That's what happens when you get as old as he is. Um, and he shaved that ear hair off in the morning, but cut his ear, and so it was bleeding. And, and as, as any of you know, I mean, guys and girls can both relate. When you, when you nick yourself with a razor, it doesn't stop bleeding really quickly. So instead of just tearing off a little piece of paper towel and sticking it on his, he just got a whole <laughs> wad of paper towel and put it right here on his ear and spoke to 600 people <laughs> with a wad of paper towel on his ear. And I just kind of went to him afterwards and said, hey buddy, it's been a good run. <laughs> um, and, and he has not spoken at any of our events ever since. Um, so I don't want this to be that same kind of moment. So if, if any of my staff are like, what is Paul doing with this beanie? And he's, he's dressed like a, you know, what's this sweatshirt? It has a point, but if, if you need to have a, have a conversation with me afterwards, then please feel free to. So I'm the director of Campus Outreach Minneapolis. My name is Paul Poteet. Um, and I want to talk about Sent to the Campus. However, some of what Laura was saying, even some of what Corey was sharing, and then what Andrew was sharing, has covered some of the things that I would like to share. So I want to, uh, I want to try in about 10 minutes to, to give you guys a few high points. What I've heard, I was in Atlanta for the last week, and one of the guys who was there did a little presentation on talking and, and ministering to millennials, which I think all of you would fall into the category of being a millennial, um, that millennials like images. So I've got some, some nice pictures. Get ready. And that, that millennials have short attention spans. So this is just going to work all across the board for everyone in here. Um, but what I, what I want to start with real quick is in, in this conference where we talk about being sent to the world, being sent to the city, being sent to the campus. One of the things that that can subtly be the or appear to be the aim is that this is about you, and this is about what you're going to do and about where you're going to go. And on, on a certain level, that's true. But real quick, this is we're doing this because it's about God and who He is, and that He is worthy of your life. He is worthy of your decisions. He is worthy of awkward conversations. He's worthy of being uncomfortable. Um, Oh, Josh, come on. Oh, wrong one. I'm skipping that. That's my family. Those are my girls. Skip, 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 skip. Oh, it's not on there. It didn't save. That's a bummer. Well, I had a verse out of out of Daniel. Devin, what was that verse? Devin, stand up and quote the verse. Devin is my PowerPoint slide. Okay. Daniel 4:33 to 36. Yeah. You want me to say it? Yeah, say it, say it. Okay. Well, Daniel 4, that's basically when King Nebuchadnezzar. No context. Just say the verse. Just say the verse. face <laughs> <laughs> in heaven and says, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among all the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? God is glorious. He is in control. None can- that's not part of the verse. <clears throat> but but that, that is, that's good commentary. That's good commentary. Um... You should all like it. It would, it would be, it would be an interesting use of, of the time that we have to just, if you have a passage like that memorized, to just have us stand up and quote those passages. The other one that I had was Philippians one twenty one. That's that's a short one. Who knows Philippians one twenty one? This is this is a softball. Come on, who can who can say it? Philippians one twenty one. So, what is it? it to, live is to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And there, there are, are dozens, hundreds of other verses that magnify God and who he is. And so the reason that we would want you to go do well in your job and business and get plugged into the city is because God deserves that. He deserves that kind of life. He deserves that kind of living. The reason we want you to go give your life away on the campus is because God is worthy of that. The reason that we'd want you to go overseas and to tell other people is because God, it is too small a thing. There's Isaiah 49. It is too small a thing that God would raise up worshipers from the tribe of Israel, but he wants to be declared among the nations. It's not not heavy enough if it's just us. It's not heavy enough if it's just America. He's worthy of every tribe and every tongue and every nation knowing him and praising him. And that's why we do this, not because we want to have a good pathway for you, though we do. We do this because God is worth every minute of your life, and and we don't give him every minute, and that's why we need a Savior like Jesus who would do it for us. Um, uh, There's my family. They're not here right now. Those are my girls. The reason I'm dressed like this is because I was coaching a soccer game this morning. We won four to one. We're five and one now. Um, uh, And uh, We're getting so good, Josh. Uh, That's more of what they do. Instead of playing soccer, they just give each other hugs while the game is going on. It's like, come on, girls. This is no time for hugging. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think Andrew said it. Maybe Laura said it. Right now, I don't have to convince you that you're sent to the campus because you are. Every single one of you right now is called to be salt and light on whichever campus that you're at. That's where you're called. And right now, I'm wearing this because I am called to be salt and light on their soccer team. As far as I know, me and the other coach are the only two believers around that team. There's nine other families, I'm getting to know them. Uh, I'm, I'm calling them, I'm going over to one of their houses this weekend because God has placed me around with, with he's given me two girls, they, they're playing soccer. That's where I am. That's why I'm dressed like this. This is my morning soccer attire. It's you know, Luxton Park Athletics. I'm like on the park board now, so I feel, I feel like I'm all indigenous in, in the city of Minneapolis. Um, and just like I, the Lord has placed me there, and so I don't have, I don't have an, an alternative. I have to minister to these people. God has sent me there. And similarly, you don't have an alternative. God has sent you to the campus to minister there. Uh, we'll, we'll skip this. That's South Carolina. That's where I'm from. It's flooded. That's Minneapolis. That's where I live now. It's a river. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love the college campus. I'm 37. I have two kids. For me to go hang on the campus could be a little bit creepy, but I'll still do it. And this is why. This is why I like the campus. We'll get to this point right here. That was that was me when I was 23. I had a lot more. I still, I think, could grow my hair out just as much, but uh, I I just think I look gross. Um, yeah yeah that was that was at a church in, in in Clinton. Leave that up there. So I'm gonna give you quick bullet points of why I, I love doing what I'm doing and why I would compel you whether it's to go on staff with a college ministry like ours one day, whether it's to just give to a college ministry, whether it's to be okay when you have a family and you have a child who's a freshman in college and they come back and they say mom dad, there's this college ministry and I want to go be a part of this conference over Christmas holidays. And you've got a family vacation that you were starting to plan and you say, I'll, I'll readjust it for this because I want to, as a parent, open the door for my child to know God in more profound ways. Some of you in this room have had a barrier of your, of your parents who don't want you to do things, who were upset because you became a Christian, who the, the thought of you not being with them over the summer is is heinous. And, and don't, don't be like that. Maybe that's how you, would, how you would invest in college ministries with your own student. Maybe it would be you're just a, a member at a church and you've got friends who have kids in college and you try to be a, a voice for them of holding loosely onto their son or daughter when they come back and talk about wanting to go to the mission field. There's probably going to be a day I really, it, it, would, it would be the greatest thing of my life if one of my daughters came back to me one day from her freshman year and said that she wanted to go be a missionary or wanted to go to a, a summer training project. And I hope in that moment that I don't want her to be around me or that I, don't, that I don't feel afraid of her going to Indonesia or to Iraq or somewhere like that, but that that I am all the more a fan of it. And so maybe that's how, how God would use it. I don't know how it would be, but these are some reasons why I like college ministry and why I want you to, to consider on some way, shape, or form, uh, investing in college ministry for the rest of your life. Now I have three minutes. One, it's strategic six percent. Used to be strategic one percent, but there's more people in college now, so it's six percent. You are in the sixth percentile of the world. Only six percent of the world goes to college. So that's that's the leaders. And so investing in college students is investing in the leaders of the world. Um, You're culturally upstream. I am irrelevant. Ken Curry with his, you know, paper towel in his ear is extremely irrelevant. Andrew is somewhat irrelevant. You guys aren't relevant. I'm driving down the interstate today. There's a big billboard. It's a yellow billboard with a, with a white ghost. And I thought, that's Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is. I don't have it. I don't know how to do it. How many of you have never done Snapchat? There's only like seven. Okay, so we're all irrelevant. We are culturally, we're culturally upstream or, or downstream. But most of you are doing things and are going to be exposed to things that that are cutting edge and ahead of your time. And so if you em- embrace the gospel and minister to people like that, it's, it's going to filter down to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And so we're only one generation away from, from tragedy. And so that's why we need you. Tim Keller says, if you're on a college campus, you're the culture's cutting edge. The campus is our best leadership development pipeline. By exposing people to the cutting edge of culture where they have to deal with the modern mindset, where they have to deal with non-Christians, that's the best way to develop pastors and lay leaders. Um, so that, that's one thing. Another thing, proximity free time. Where else in, in your life, in the world, do you have people who are roughly the same age, who have the same schedule, who have the same availability, who live within a mile and a half of each other? Ne- never again. And so th- there's an amazing opportunity. Next one, the rest of your life is ahead of you. You're going to make the biggest decisions of your life in the next three years, who you're going to, most likely who you're going to get married to, what you're going to do, where you're going to do it, all of that stuff. And so if you can minister to someone on the front end of making those big decisions, they can make those big decisions in light of Jesus Christ being the Lord of their life. you can impact every field of life. That's why I have this up here. This is a group of guys that I led. This was the, the year before I moved up here. This was my final discipleship group in the state of South Carolina. And uh, Billy works for sales in Atlanta. Brandon's a pastor. Josh is a pastor. Drew's a psychologist. Dave's a pastor. Ben works with Camus Outreach. John, that, was, that, that picture of the flood is his street. He just lost everything in South Carolina. He's worked for construction. Ben's a doctor. Jack's a youth minister. Ryan's law school, and he's a pastor. And, and, and all of that, they're impacting these different fields of life, these different communities, all this stuff. And if, if I was just, I wanted to be a doctor. If I was a doctor, there's just one of me. But I raised up a guy, Ben who is probably the most amazing doctor that I've ever heard of. He he graduated as the valedictorian of medical school, got a full ride to all these internship programs, the best programs in the world. He's is a far better doctor than I could ever be and has had far more global impact. He's been in Nepal two or three times to minister there while he's doing cataract surgeries and has restored sight to thousands of people. He said they would meet with 500 people a day who couldn't see and they would walk out with, with their sight, and they haven't been able to see their, for the last 20 or 30 years of their life, just amazing opportunity. And so, if you invest on the college campus, you get to affect every realm of life. Um, uh, I'm gonna skip one, one of my, one thing is it's a spiritual crossroad, um, because at, at no other point in your life are you asking the kind of questions that people ask in college, and that you can talk to people like you can in college, and so, that I, I love it. Before you get to college, you're kind of around your family and they have a lot of control over what you think and what you believe. And after college, you get a little more set in your ways. But while you're in college, I just think you're you're asking them the biggest, most important questions of what you're doing. And so it's such a a key time of life to know what you believe and why you believe it. And I'm convinced of it. Um, And then one life changed is worth it all. You know, I moved up here in 2003. Dylan is just one one guy. If if my the last 12 years of my life, all that I had seen happen is just Dylan come to Christ, it's worth it. It's it's worth it. And you can see lives change. So I'm just curious, how many of you my, I'm going to include myself in this would say that in college, your life or the trajectory of your life spiritually, so that you could have either become a Christian or you started living with a relationship with God and a vision for how God would use your life in a pretty significant way, that that transition, that shift in your thinking happened in college. So, I mean, I just don't know, what other, what other demographic is it gonna be like that? And so, that, if, if a room of people like us have had that experience, what are the, the, the potentials? of us going out and impacting other people where you are at Northwestern and Bethel and St. Cloud State and St. Thomas and the U and um, one guy was here from Moody um, and, and other places like that where the Lord could use you. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, past, I'm past 12. I know I couldn't do it. So two, last two minutes. Here's what you can do. First is beware of the holy lift. And this is what I mean. We're, at a, we're, we're talking about Christian things and you're around Christian people. And so when, when you're doing that, you can kind of get lifted up out of, of the, an unbelieving culture and you're sent. Jesus sent his disciples into the world. And so spend time with people who don't believe in Jesus. Like, I can't wait to hang out with this guy. When I had to leave the soccer game, this guy, Stephen, is the coach that, or or is the dad that I entrusted the whole team to, to coach the team today. And and Stephen does not know Jesus. He's a really cool guy, and I can't wait to go to his house this weekend and get to know Stephen. And part of it's because since I stopped really being, leading groups and stuff on the campus and became the director of this ministry, I feel like I've been lifted up out of the world, and I hate it. And so fight to share your faith. I was talking with, with a guy, Matt Reagan, who just left here to go do campus outreach in Charleston, and he was telling me about one of his staff guys, and his staff guy said, I became a Christian before college and got plugged into this ministry as a believer, and so that's kind of what I want to do, is just go meet the believers and get them plugged in, which is a beautiful thing, but let's let's go after those who don't know. And so fight to, to make, be friends with non-Christians. If you, if you can think through some non-Christians in your life who you're friends with, that's awesome. And trust me, as time goes by, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to have that. And I want that for you guys. So do that. Next, start small, think big, go deep. Just have one person. All it takes is one person. Um, so Tim was, uh, I met him as a freshman at the U, and discipled him for four years, then he graduated, went to Cairo, uh, basically fell off the face of the earth. I was hanging out with him a week ago, and when he got to Cairo, his roommate wasn't a Christian, and he shared with his roommate, and his roommate became a Christian. And his roommate is now growing radically and got a job with a company in Iraq, and so is now working with refugees in Iraq and is able to minister to them and talk to them about Jesus. So never would I have thought and just spending time with Tim as a freshman that Tim and his life would be multiplied to change Iraq that's just amazing and and all it takes is just one person so here's your very practical you know application who's one person in your life that you could spend time with and talk to about Jesus one person all you need is one don't try to know 10 don't try to know 5 just one there was a guy in that picture of of all the guys before this one named Ryan Reese, and, and he was in a fraternity at PC, and he told me one day, I'm gonna go share the, the gospel with my whole fraternity, and I said, all right, you know, good luck, go I'll see how that goes for you. And he came back a week later, and I said, how's it going, you know, whole fraternity? And he said, I haven't shared with one person, at all. And I said, well, let's let's lower your goals a little bit. Who's one person in your fraternity that you could go share with? And I said, this guy, Bo. And the next week, I asked him, how'd it go? And he shared the gospel with Bo. Eventually, Bo became a Christian. And all, it, all it, you have to have is one person. So who's one person that God has placed in your life? There was a verse. My very first New Year's conference, uh, the, the, the speaker had a verse. And, and as I copied and pasted the verse and kind of looked at it, I don't think the verse exactly means how he used it. But it stood out in my mind. So I'm going to use it. I'm going I'm to keep going with some, maybe some bad interpretation. It's Ezekiel 22:30. And he said, it's the Lord speaking. He says, I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me in the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And, and the, the illustration was, I'm just looking for one person that's going to stand in the gap. And, and his, his challenge in being the one person who, who would stand in the wall to, de- to defend or stand up for Jesus was who's one person that you could stand in the gap for? Who's one person that you could be the bridge for? And, uh, that I took that verse to heart, started sharing with my sweet mate my freshman year, and over the course of the year, he became a believer, impacted dozens of guys at, at Presbyterian College, came on staff with Campus Outreach. He's now uh, a CPA in Atlanta and working with a church plant. And, and all it takes is one person. Who's one person that the Lord could, could place in your life? Um, then uh, the, the next thing, is, so start small, think big. With one person, you could change the whole campus. And then go deep. Give them your life. First Thessalonians two 8. I'll leave on this verse. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives also, because you had become dear to us. Don't just share the gospel with people. Share your life with people get into their lives, go deep, that's where real change happens. That's where you, you, you understand not just, it's not just about getting people to do the right things, but it's getting to do the right things for the right reasons, for, for God-honoring, gospel-motivated uh, reasons. And so you have to get into someone's life to do that. So um, I, I want you to make the most of this time that you have that God has, has blessed you with while you're in college. And, and to know that you are in as strategic of a place for these next one, two, three, four, seven years, hopefully not seven, but some people are doctors, um, that you'll ever be in, I believe, in terms of all the impact that you can have now. And, and maybe the last thing is, if you can't do it now, when you have all of those opportunities, the, the ease of ministering on the college campus. Don't think that it's going to get easier when you graduate. It's only going to get harder to do that, to do any kind of ministry and to be around non-Christians and to be able to see amazing things like that happen because you miss the strategic nature of the campus. And so make the most of this season because you have, whether you believe it or not, been sent to give your life away on the campus to, to bring glory to the God who is worth it all. Um, so that being said, <clears throat> One of the things that we offer in our ministry is an opportunity to help you grow in your relationship with God and learn how to minister to people more effectively and invite people that you're ministering to to be a part of. It's our New Year's conference and we have a video that kind of highlights that. We have some brochures and uh, so we're going to show the video and then we'll pass out the brochures and, and it's just so you you can register, you can think about it, you can tell people about it. I'm sure the staff on your campus We'll have more brochures, and we'll be showing this at, at maybe a weekly meeting. There will probably come a point later on the semester where you think, this video again, I've seen this video like three times. And, uh, and just remember, it, at, that, at that third time, it's not for you. It, it's hopefully for the people that you're, that one person that, that you brought to your meeting or to your Bible study or to a cookout or something like that, that you're trusting that the Lord might use your life to impact. And so without further ado, Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at clminneapolis.org.